0: Hey, Sam.
1: Yeah, Don? What's the word? Wait. W-A-I-T? Yes. Why am I talking? Where'd you hear that?
0: I I heard heard it it through the the grapevine. grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina.
2: And I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California.
0: Whoa, wait, 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 you're not Sam.
2: You're right, you got me. I'm Alice, I'm an alcoholic in Durham, North Carolina.
0: Alice, rigorous honesty, I like that. You actually are who you say you are. What have you done with Sam?
2: Don't worry, Sam's beloved. I have him under lock and key, nothing to worry about.
0: (laughs) I'm sure he's fine. I happen to know he's basking in the endless Palm spring sunlight. Alice, you were a guest on the half hour variety hour on the October 16th show. And after you signed off, Sam and I looked at each other with the biggest grins. And Sam said, I think we just found a new co-host. You are so enthusiastic and knowledgeable and grounded in AA. And best of all, loquacious you had no trouble finding something to say
2: yes guilt is charged i love aa <laughs> and
0: you're talkative which is a really excellent quality on a audio podcast <laughs> so we asked you to join us alice welcome to the grapevine team thank you we're going to be rotating co-hosts around a bit It'll be nice to get your perspective up in here. So it's not just Sam and me all the time. So Alice, tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: I would love to. So I am Alice and I'm a grateful member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I got to us May 21st, 1987. I'm currently living in Durham, North Carolina, but I'm born and raised in New York. I got sober in Oakland, California. I've been here 36 years, and most of my life, I I got here at 26 years old. By the time I got here, I mean, I'd had a long drinking career already at at 26. I took my first drink at four years old, which is now, looking back, unbelievable. Four years old. Four years old. At eight, I was like, I think scotch is a good idea. And I had access to liquor, and and so I drank it. Mm. You know, by the time I, I was twenty six, when I got here, I really was surrendered, and and thank God, when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, I was really pulled into service. I was pulled into the fellowship, and I was really taken through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Initially through the twelve and twelve, and and now through the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which I love, and so I'm pretty active in Alcoholics Anonymous. I had a lot of meetings. As a matter of fact, I just drove 12 hours to Vermont this weekend to a big book retreat by two of my favorite people, Arissa out of Boston and Ralph out of Los Angeles. Wow. And about a 100 of us got together and hung out for the weekend reading the book. We love the book. And so being able to join you and being able to be a part of the A.A. Great Vine podcast is really an honor. Thank you.
0: Wow. What was something that you got out of that workshop?
2: One thing that I took away from the workshop is that the book doesn't change. We often say, oh, it's a magic book. I open the book up and there's something new in the book. Yeah. But the thing that really got reinforced for me this weekend is it's not the book that changes. It's us. Like We can hear at our level of development. And as we grow and as we learn the the meaning, because I think that the book is so divinely inspired. That you really get a deeper and deeper meaning out of exactly the same part of the book, depending on where you are on the journey.
0: I don't know how that happens. It's true. I mean, how did the bill in those first, uh, you know, they say first 100, maybe it was 80 some people, write something that could carry one through all the years of sobriety and the way that sobriety deepens and such?
2: You know, because I think these are not practical instructions. This is a spiritual path. Mm. The longer you're on a spiritual path, the wider it gets, the deeper it gets, the more exciting. This really is about, ultimately, for those of us that have been, you know, through the first nine, this is really about practicing the principles in all of our affairs. And as I do that, it changes, it grows, it enhances, and in many ways, it is absolutely like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. As life lives, we've got these great tools we can use.
0: Yeah, hang on, we're getting sober here. And I like that you say <laughs> it, that it's uh, not practical. <laughs> it's spiritual. It, it, it's not what 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 do they say? It's not easy, but it.
2: It's simple, but it's not easy.
0: It's simple, but it's not easy. Oh man, it's so true. And it always grows and grows. And I don't know, sometimes in my big book, I think sometimes they stick a new sentence in there. All of a sudden it'll light up for me. I never read that before. Well, Alice, thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the grapevine and uh, really looking forward to having you on board.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, we're going to get to know our guest, Alice. I'm so excited.
2: Yes, today we're going international. (laughs) We'll be visiting with Julia from Berlin, Germany. Julia, you may remember, left a voicemail and sang a bit of a hymn from the Washingtonian hymnal.
0: Who can forget that? Hooray, hooray, we burst the chain. Oh God,
2: how long it's bound. We'll see if she'll tell us more about that and how she got sober. (laughs) Oh, goodie!
0: Sam, isn't it great the way AA just gives us this podcast for
1: free? It doesn't work quite that way, Don. What? While we provide the podcast at no charge, we do have expenses. Grapevine is the only AA entity that does not accept contributions. Nothing from the basket or other money from your home groups. So to support the AA Grapevine podcast, please subscribe to Grapevine magazine in print or digital. Or
0: provide a subscription to someone in need through
1: our Carry the Message program. Or purchase books or other items at aagrapevine.org store.
3: So I'm Julia and I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is September 23rd, 1985. I got sober in Paris. I was 20 years old, a little German girl studying in Paris. I grew up in Africa in French-speaking countries uh, in a German family. My parents were both born into the Second World War. They really took the war into the family, you know. There were no words yet to talk about these things, and so it was a family of uh we did the German miracle, which was all good on the outside, and we kids performed well, but inside it was it was a little crazy
0: that you said the German miracle what does that mean The
3: German miracle was what happened after Nazi Germany surrendered in nineteen forty five Germany was so shamed and so destroyed that they never wanted to talk about what happened in the war ever again. The, the 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 natural impulse was just to make it right again. And there was no place for talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. And so all the inside wasn't talked about. Of course, there was incredible tension in the family, like a lot of alcoholics grew up in these families. I discovered alcohol. I had I decided to die at 14, mm. uh, to kill myself. And I drank all of a one big slug on all of the bottles of my parents' liquor cabinet and taken all the sleeping pills of my mother I could find. And I passed out for three days. And when I woke up, I had liver damage. But if you have had liver damage, you have to know that you can't drink on, li- drink on liver damage. Your body, you can't drink. So it took Can't a process it anymore. But after my liver recovered, I started to drink. And I started to drink with a vengeance. And alcohol saved my life because I was able to be an adolescent- a normal adolescent, I was able to go out to separate from this family and to go out into the world and to become a rebellious and angry teenager, was, which was better than a depressed good girl, which was dying. Well, you're saying that
0: it worked, even though it, you had I, liver damage from it.
3: It did everything for me, meeting people and, and all the pleasure was associated with drinking. You know, I w- I remember I was very young, I was 15 or 16 in a disco and I was getting drunk with a boy. And we talked the whole night, and I was drinking, and he was drinking, and I felt that this is life, this connection, this is this is real life. There's a letter that Dr. Jung wrote to Bill, which is in the book The Language of the Heart. He said alcohol on a low level for the alcoholic is um, an expression of the search for God on a low level, and alcohol did everything for me that AA is doing for me, but with a price to pay but and everything fake it was all fake it was an illusion of connection an illusion of aliveness until I had to pay the price
0: yes at you know I really <laughs> like that because I often thought when I was drinking I mean I love the idea that we call alcohol spirits and I felt yeah. that I was like being filled with spirits right that that it was filling me up and we talk about AA, there being a god-sized hole that yes needs to be oh filled. yeah you know i
3: was I was at Baltipa this weekend, and one of the costumes was the God sized hole. This woman dressed up in A the costume. God. She was all in black and she was the God. So everybody wanted to lie into her. It was so fun. <laughs> but yeah, in the letter, Dr. Jung says the appropriate saying is Spiritus contra Spiritum, the spirit of the God against the spirit in the bottle. That's AA, Spiritus mm-hmm. contra Spiritum. And he quotes the psalm, I think, spawn number nine. As the hearst thirsts for water, so does my soul long for you, O oh God. And that's us, isn't it?
0: Yes. So how did you get sober?
3: Okay, I was 20 years old. I was uh, doing a detox because for me, pills were evil and alcohol was good. So I had taken a lot of pills for a couple of years, especially uh speed, because if you drank during the day, you were an alcoholic, so you couldn't drink during the day. So it's called diet pills, actually, but it's speed, <laughs> amphetamine. Yes. It was easy to get, you know, in the in the droguerie markt in Germany and in France, because I always got the pills that I needed from any doctor. You just have to whine a little and cry a bit. I mean, we are good. We alcoholics are good. So I was in a detox phase. And for me, detox phase meant a lot of sports during the day. I was in university. And after five, you can drink, but good spirits like good beer and good, you know, vodka, whatever, you know, nice drinks. So I was in this detox phase and I was utterly unhappy in Paris. I was in the most beautiful city of the world and I was really dying because I couldn't go out. I couldn't go out. I just didn't, there was, I mean, I, I remember a phone call with a friend said, you can go out to a park, to a museum, anything she said, I know I can't do it. Mm-hmm. The night before I'd written a letter to God, I sat in this, this beautiful apartment of a friend. I would convinced an older man who was going on holidays to give me his apartment and I was drinking his booze. <laughs> you know how we do that? They owed me their booze. So I was drinking his booze, getting drunk <laughs> You're, every you're night.
0: sounding a lot like an alcoholic to me. <laughs>
3: I loved Billie Holiday, and I watched a documentary on Billie Holiday. Oh. It blew me away because I watched it, and I, I saw how she had finished, and I just all of a sudden there was a moment of clarity, and I said, "But that's me, and I—that's me without the success, you know. That's me. I—I I have nothing to give. My life, I have nothing." that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to end up, and I'm not going to die. It's going to be a long, boring life of sanitariums, psychiatry, maybe not prison because I I was never like criminally inclined, but I was going to be a drag for my family, for everybody I love. They're going to have to drag me along and it's going to be a slow, painful death. And it was, so I had this spiritual awakening and I wrote a letter to God and I'd never talked to God before. We are Germans. I go to church with my dad on Christmas but that's it you know it's uh-huh. like it's difficult for us to connect religion to after what happened in the war and anyway so I write this letter to God I've never talked to God before and I said dear God if you have a purpose for me in this life you have to tell me or you have to take me away because I'm no good there's nothing I've nothing to give I have nothing to contribute. There's nothing. And it was not self-pity. It was reality. Mm. I was a complete taker. I took your booze. I took your medicine. I took your time. I took your energy. I took. And so uh, the next day, I had this conversation with this friend. She said, go to AA. She said, go to AA. There are English-speaking meetings in Paris. At least you can learn English. So I marched to uh, the central office, the French central office. Rue Frédéric Cheton, derrière, uh, uh, behind Notre-Dame. There was an old lady, probably as old as I am now, maybe yeah. even younger. And the, <laughs> she was very kind. And I said, uh, hello. And she said, hi. I said, I want information about AA. She said, yeah, you've come to the right place. And I said, I'm not an alcoholic. I told her. She said, no, no, you. I'm too young to be an alcoholic. She said, oh, yeah, you, you're very young. I want to find out about alcoholism. She said, very good. My dad is an alcoholic. Yeah, that's good. You can find out. Very good. She was great. She was really good. And she said, I don't want to go to French meetings. I want to go to English-speaking meetings because I want to learn English. And she said, yeah. Instead of saying, you're really stupid, you know, you're really arrogant. She (laughs) She didn't say that. She just said, yeah, really good. And she gave me a meeting list. And you know, we talk about the language of the heart, and she gave me a, a few pamphlets. And I went out and I sat in the park behind um, Notre Dame, and I read these pamphlets. And I and they they were in English. My English wasn't very good, but somehow they talked to me as if I was not trash, as if I was not bad, as if I was not crazy. They talked to me so kindly, and I said, "Wow, what's happening here? These are these crazy Americans again." There's some, you know, these. The, for us, the, the Americans are always very enthusiastic and everything, you know. Every and then they had the test, and I took the test, the twelve questions, I think. And I, because I was sure I was not an alcoholic, I was very honest. I I answered all, every question very honestly, and uh, and uh, and I looked at the result, and I passed the test. And I started. Yes. <laughs> to cry. The test is really easy to pass, but if you answer yes to three questions, then. We suggest you go to AA. They don't say, you're probably an alcoholic. They say, there are good chances you could be an alcoholic and you can go to AA. So it was my ticket. I came with my test to my first meeting and I start to follow suggestion. And the suggestion was of course, postpone the first drink, which I I did. And that's how I started.
2: Hey family, now's the time to stock up for yourself and get gifts for your recovery friends.
1: Until the end of December, there's a 20% off sale at aagrapevine.org and free shipping.
2: Julia, this is such a beautiful story of how you found the warm embrace of Alcoholics Anonymous. Absolutely. But all of us know that at some point, Alcoholics Anonymous will ask us to do something that is a bit more
3: difficult. What was the hardest thing in those early days? Um, That's a really good question. I've, I'm just going to finish on the Valium because it answers the question because I went to bed and as I was falling asleep, I saw myself in the tunnel that I'd been for many years and I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I knew I was seeing the light. And I knew as I went to my first A meeting that I was never going to leave AA, ever. I knew that I'd found my place. Huh. And I went into AA with the vengeance. I, I was willing to do anything. I was, I followed everybody around, everybody, everything that AA did, I did. And there's nothing you could ask me that was hard, nothing. I was just very lucky that there was this woman that had really good sobriety and she sponsored with a big book and she whipped me through the steps in one year she sponsored every other woman in the English speaking community Paris community and um and I wanted her to like me most because she she was a badass and she was I I mean she was so beautiful and she entered a room of AA and half of the room hated her and the other half loved her (laughs) (laughs) it was like she was the thing is I went to I went to ask her and I'm, I'm sure she would never sponsor me because I was a you know, I was like, you know, those videos on uh, Facebook, the, the old kittens that they they pick up from the garbage dump. Oh, all and uh, and dirty and, and bad hair. And it's horrible. And they just pick them up like this. And then they. I was like that. I was not pretty. And when I went to ask her, could you sponsor me? She said, yes, immediately. And that blew my mind. And that I remember this because I never say no today, ever. I say no to anybody who me to sponsor them. Sometimes because I have a lot of sponsees, but sometimes I say, look, right now, it wouldn't be fair if I sponsored you because there's a lot of competition, but I'll find somebody really good for you. And usually that works. So I pray a bit and then I I find somebody. Yeah.
0: So you've had a transformation and you've stayed sober all these years. So you're in Berlin now. What is Alcoholics Anonymous in Berlin?
3: Oh, God. So we have a great fellowship now. We, You know, my motto has always been create the fellowship you crave. When I was one year in Paris, I found my first job in Germany. God sent me to Karlsruhe. The U.S. Army was stationed. And uh, Marty Mann had done an amazing job at public relations with the Army early because she was the first female sponsor of Bill W. So the Army really wanted AA. It was like an America in Germany, AA-wise. We had conventions, there were sponsorship, there were dances, there were breakfasts. It was like you go went to America until the army left and then everything collapsed. Now, you have to know that in many European countries, the AA program is, was carried by the GIs in Munich first to a German guy. We just celebrated the anniversary of AA in Germany, uh, but really... That was only a small part. The message was a lot of the time carried by doctors who had heard about the success of AA in America and said...
0: You're an alcoholic.
3: And gave it to the alcoholic. The result of that, there was no sponsorship. Uh The result of that, there was no knowledge of the steps because the doctors didn't know. And this is what happened in many countries in Europe after a big explosion and growth of AA the membership of AA really started to go down. In, in 1995, I was at the old German convention. We were like 5,000. And now we are, we average 1,000, 1,500. And the big book, the translation, I'm in the translation committee in the literature committee, the German translation committee. And you realize when you read the translations of the pamphlets of the big book, the translation is always at the level of how much a person has worked the steps. So when a person hasn't worked the steps, The translation makes no sense.
0: What You're saying it's not written for new people to understand.
3: It's like it makes no sense. Just two examples of the traditions. For years, the tradition, 11th tradition, was translated in Germany. Instead of saying at the level of press, radio, and film, it said, we have to maintain personal anonymity also at the level of press, radio, and film. Meaning that you had groups in Germany where people had never exchanged their phone numbers. They were together twenty years, and they didn't know the last name of the other person.
2: Oh no! So I think you're saying throughout Europe, but your experience in Germany is that people who have not fully been exposed to the solution, who are then asked to translate the material, cannot properly translate the material.
3: Yeah, it's cyclic and it's progressing, and it's the same thing. For example, for the tradition, it doesn't say putting principles before personalities but it says putting principles before persons that's
0: really different yeah
3: it's a misunderstanding so what happened I was a lone wolf for a long time fighting and trying to carry the message to the German community but I really in the end I just stayed with the English speaking community which is always there then something happened in Berlin because I started to sponsor people and they started to sponsor people and all of a sudden these women started to become active that I had sponsored and I hadn't prayed i want to create the fellowship we create you know this fellowship where you know where you welcome the newcomer we work the steps where you know about the traditions it's completely changed and this is what aa is really when when people get the solution then it goes really fast and all of these meetings all our meetings every meeting has a hospital service so all of us go to because you need to get the newcomers so all of us go to the hospital once a week and do service at the hospital.
0: Wow. It sounds like you've been successful in broadening AA in Berlin. Yeah. Who are you doing a new translation with?
3: From the German central office. I'm on the literature committee. And uh, the German general service conference asks, could we please translate this? Or could we please? But then at every reprint, we reread. Right now we read. I'm doing, for example, we are redoing the language of the heart and AA for old people. And it's full of really weird translations. It's just mistakes, sweet mistakes, but also not so nice mistakes. And you have to correct it. Julia, this is such a beautiful
2: window in to Alcoholics Anonymous and other parts of the world. Yeah. You know, the book says very clearly, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. And if you don't have an understanding of the spiritual principles, how do you translate it from one language to another you cannot And so what a beautiful thing that your journey positioned you perfectly to do that, right? You framed it early on as your arrogance, right? I went to central office and I'm going to go learn English. But look at how God has used you to position you now to increase the depth and the span of what it is that Alcoholics Anonymous can offer in Germany.
0: Nobody's stopping Julia. (laughs)
3: you know but i because i think about betty and her passion my first sponsor i think of her and her passion for aa and i just sometimes she's she died a few years ago but i i feel her in my back and i said you know betty look at what you did look at what's because you didn't say no to one sponsee. you know because i saw her 10 years later i saw her at the world convention in san diego because she left and i never and then i saw her again and we walked together that was last time i saw her and And she sort of said to me that I was her favorite because she said, you know, you're the only one of all of those girls who finished her ninth step in that year. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) You're the
1: favorite, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: There's one more thing I'd like to ask you. You talked early on about how ridiculous you thought the fourth step was, right? And the fourth step is a looking back step. You know, one of the things that connected us to you was your calling about the Washingtonian group, right? And talk about looking back, right? And would you just take a moment and talk about how you've come to understand the value of looking back both personally and in terms of our history as an organization?
3: I think AA couldn't have been what it is without the experience of the Washingtonians. And this is what Bill says in the the Grapevine article because he says, if the Washingtonians were to be alive today, I think they would be happy that we, we use their experience of failure to not make the same mistakes again that they did. And what mistakes did they make? The mis- because they were beautiful. And I, I've got the Washingtonian pocket companion, and it says, it gives you a few directions for the meetings. And it's full of love for the for the alcoholic, for the drunkards. They didn't say alcoholics at the time. It's there's, there's never, never a condemnation, always love and always compassion. And uh, so they had that, which we have too in AA. We have the love for the newcomer. Um, but what they didn't have is the singleness of purpose. So everybody was invited. Uh, it went along with the temperance movement a bit. Then they got busy with also... Um,
0: outside issues
3: advocating for temperance but also for the abolition of slavery which was also with honored them these issues but it was the demise because they lost their singleness of purpose all of us we want to i mean we always we know these newcomers oh we knew these seven years wonder we all know these seven years wonders in a.a and they start to want to save the whole world oh it's all the same Alcohol, food, money, sex, and they're like, i like, and you're like, okay, good that it's good that we have some old timers to keep those those guys in check because they're start to invite everybody, make conventions yes. for everybody. Well, and yeah, like, if
0: we oh. can, if we, these steps will work for everything. We should save everyone.
3: I know, so, but. And uh, but it, that's what it's about the close me it's like it's for alcoholics and we need to cr- to to keep our singleness of purpose in order to stay as powerful and as effective as we are.
0: But the definition is if you think you have a problem with alcohol you are welcome in any AA meeting.
3: Sure. <laughs> of course. And if you have the desire to stop drinking you have the ticket anyway.
0: Yes, you're there. Julia, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Well, thank you for for your time. And like you can, you 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 notice I can talk for days. <laughs> we can do
0: two podcasts from this one podcast.
2: Yeah. Well, let me say, if you haven't gotten the pat, um, <laughs> I'm really impressed with the yes. work you're doing and the depth of your commitment to Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you. Thank you.
1: What are the Grapevine's most popular books? Emotional Sobriety 1 and 2. Both are filled with experiences by sober AA members, many with long-term sobriety, about the positive transformations we can achieve by practicing the principles of the program in all aspects of our lives. The stories show how the rewards are serenity, emotional balance, and an increased joy for living. Visit aagrapevine.org books. This Wit's End is submitted by Jack A. in Suffield, Connecticut.
0: I just went to my first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting yesterday, and all I've got to say is, Anonymous, my... Bleepity bleep. I knew everybody there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit AA.org. Okay,
3: this is song 113 of the Washingtonian Pocket Companion, Book of Hymn. It's called Ye Sons of Freedom. Ye sons of freedom burst asunder The chains that now your souls enthrall Come forth no longer slumber under The sway of tyrant alcohol Your wives and children deeply wailing With tears of anguish in their eyes